Exercise is a terrible way to lose weight. You have to exercise a lot to achieve a small amount of weight loss. So if you're trying to lose one pound per week, takes about 4,000 calories of an energy deficit, you would have to burn 4,000 calories through exercise, which would be the equivalent of like jogging 40 miles throughout the week slowly. So jogging like six miles a day every single day in order to burn enough calories if you don't change your eating to lose a pound of body fat a week. Welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez. And in this episode, we are going to discuss how to build a simple and effective exercise routine. So the first thing I'm going to discuss in this episode is why exercise is so important. Because I think most people are exercising for all of the wrong reasons. And that's the reason that you're not getting the results that you want in many cases is because you're not really going into it with the right strategy and the right intentions. And then we're going to discuss the components of an effective exercise routine and then what that actually looks like in practice. Before we get into the episode, I want to announce the winners of the free Legion supplement. I've already reached out to you through email, but Carol and Melly are the ones that were randomly chosen. Thank you all for those of you who submitted reviews and sent me emails. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure reading all of those reviews. I'm definitely going to have to do this again because it's just nice to see. And I want to read one of the ones that came in. Um, It was actually Melly who won the free supplement. And I just really appreciate the way this one was written. So it says, just wow. I can't tell you how much I've learned listening to this podcast. So many questions I had regarding nutrition and fitness have been answered in a way that is both detailed yet easy to understand. I'm so glad I found this one. 10 out of 10 recommend. So I really appreciate that, Melly. Uh, that's, this review speaks to a lot of what I try to do with this podcast is my goal is to try to be as accurate and thorough as possible and also just make it simple to understand because you can get into the weeds on a lot of these topics and talk all day about various mechanisms and things, but is it applicable to your life? That's the thing that I try to also incorporate that's probably going to be different than some other podcasts is you're going to get the science aspect uh, in some cases get really deep in the science but i'm also going to do my best to try to bring it back to the practical side of things because i've worked with a lot of people i understand you can get in the weeds about certain topics and it just confuses people and i want to make sure that you have the takeaways at the end of each episode that are going to really help you to make the best decisions for your own health and for your own life and with your own nutrition and fitness. So I really appreciate all of you who sent those reviews in. Thank you so much. And for those of you who haven't left a review yet, who enjoy listening to the podcast and really appreciate the episodes and and the time and the effort that I put into this, I would really appreciate it if you went and took a few minutes and left a review. I will do another giveaway probably in the future. And if you leave a review between now and then, what I did this time is you could screenshot a previous review that you've left and use that to enter the giveaway as well. So if you are thinking you want to wait until I'm doing another giveaway to leave a review, don't do that. Go ahead and leave the review and then you can screenshot that review and email it to me to enter into any giveaway that I do in the future based on any reviews. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the episode. So what goes into an effective exercise routine? What makes up an effective exercise routine? Why do we exercise? What's the purpose of exercise? 
So the first thing I want to discuss is the why aspect of it. So a lot of us exercise, a lot of people exercise to lose weight, to burn calories, to sweat. This is not why you should be exercising. This is the last reason that you should be exercising is to lose weight or burn calories. Exercise is a terrible way to lose weight. You have to exercise a lot to achieve a small amount of weight loss. So if you're trying to lose one pound per week, that's about, takes about 4,000 calories of an energy deficit. You would have to burn 4,000 calories through exercise, which would be the equivalent of like jogging 40 miles throughout the week slowly. So jogging like six miles a day, every single day in order to burn enough calories. If you don't change your eating to lose a pound of body fat a week, this is much easier to do on the other side of it where some people are eating, you know, let's say, for example, you're eating 600 calories of snacks after dinner because you're watching TV and you're just snacking mindlessly. It's a lot easier to just cut that out than to try to exercise and burn 600 calories. So when it comes to weight loss, exercise is a terrible method of weight loss. And that's only one reason. So, you know, it takes a lot of exercise to burn enough calories to lose weight. Plus, when we exercise, our body responds by reducing the energy expenditure throughout the rest of the day. So let's say you burn 500 calories through exercise. Your body is going to fidget a little bit less. You're going to move your hands while you're talking a little bit less. And your body is going to downregulate all of the energy expenditure and movement that you normally engage in throughout the day in order to compensate for that energy expenditure that you had with exercise. So let's say you burn 500 calories, your body may reduce energy expenditure throughout the rest of the day by 100, 150 calories. And you think you burned 500 calories, but it was only 350 net energy increase of expenditure throughout the day. In addition to that, exercise makes you hungrier. So a lot of people just naturally eat more when they're exercising more, especially if you're engaging in intense levels of exercise, like if you were burning five or 600 calories per day through your exercise, you're most likely gonna be hungrier and you're most likely gonna eat more without even trying to eat more. And so for these reasons, exercise is a terrible method of weight loss. And if you're approaching exercise to lose weight, I highly recommend not doing that. With that said, exercise is an incredible way to improve your energy levels, to improve your mental sharpness, to improve your mood, to improve your strength, to improve your ability to engage in activities throughout the day that are required for living life, for picking up your kids, for carrying groceries, anything that you need to do throughout the day, exercise is going to make you better at it. It's also going to protect your joints and your bones. So as you age, you're going to be less likely to develop osteoporosis. You're going to be less likely to develop arthritis and you're going to be less likely to develop joint pain and lose mobility and be dependent on other people and lose your physical independence because that exercise is preserving your bodily functions. Exercise is incredibly important for every single reason, but it's not a great way to lose weight. And so a lot of people are approaching exercise to burn calories and people go into it just, how many calories can I burn? How much can I sweat? This is the worst way to go into exercise. You, you're going to exhaust yourself and not actually get benefits from it. Um, benefits from exercise come from the adaptations that we get when we exercise. Is exercise making your body better? That's what exercise does. It's, it's not a good way to make your body smaller. It's a good way to upgrade your body and make it 
better at everything. It's a way to, let's say, an analogy is if your car is a Toyota Camry, your body is a Toyota Camry, an effective exercise routine is going to lead to adaptations that will upgrade all aspects of your physical machinery so that your Toyota Camry becomes a, a Lamborghini and you build a new engine like your metabolism. Let's say, for example, an analogy would be the engine is your metabolism, your ability to utilize energy for fuel and break down glucose and fatty acids. And when you eat a big meal, your body's ability to just get rid of that and utilize that energy, um, that, that's your metabolism, uh, that is upgraded with exercise, just like the engine in a car would be upgraded if you upgraded a car. The, the frame of the car, the, the body of the car would be made out of better materials, stronger materials, materials that perform better. And that's what's going to happen if you exercise too, is you're going to make your body made out of stronger materials. Your muscles are going to get stronger. Your bones are going to get stronger. Your joints are going to get stronger because exercise is putting these things under controlled stress, which forces your bones, your muscles, your joints to get stronger. So exposure to that stress through exercise causes adaptations so that your body is better able to handle that stress and your body becomes more resilient. These are the reasons why exercise is important. Exercise is also going to reduce your risk of every single chronic disease known to man. Alzheimer's, cancer, heart disease, diabetes. It's going to extend lifespan. So if you're engaging in a regular effective exercise routine, your health your well-being, your day-to-day experience is going to be better. The challenge is start getting started with the exercise routine, building a habit with the exercise routine and making sure that you have an effective exercise routine in place. That's the challenge. But on the other end of it, if you invest into doing these things, on the other end of it, the quality of your life is going to be better in every way. I have never met someone who exercises and who regrets it and who says, you know, I wish I didn't exercise. I would be in better health if I didn't exercise or, you know, all that time I spent exercising, I really regret. Never seen that. I've been exercising consistently my entire adult life. I've met lots and lots of people in the gym and lots and lots of people who engage in regular exercise. And I've never met one who regretted it, who said, you know what? I really wish I was just more sedentary. I don't think it was worth it. I don't feel like the benefits that I've gotten from all the exercise that I've done over the years is worth it. Now, I have seen some people who over-exercise doing the wrong things, who are just doing, let's say, for example, tons and tons and tons of cardio, and then they burn out, they get hurt, they start to develop health issues because they're so imbalanced in their exercise routine because they're doing too much of one thing and not balancing it out with other things, not resting and recovering. And I've seen that, but that's that's the exception. Most people I know, especially those who have a balanced exercise routine, which is not a lot of people, but everyone I know who has a balanced exercise routine doesn't regret a second they spend in their exercise routine because of the benefits that come from it. So let's talk about what that looks like. What is an effective exercise routine? What does it do? What does it include? So There are two main things that we want to get from exercise. There are two main adaptations that we're seeking that are going to lead to the greatest uh, positive impacts on the various aspects of our health and well-being. The first one is um, improved cardiovascular health. So our cardiovascular health is our ability of our heart 
in our blood vessels to pump blood and deliver oxygen to the working muscles and remove waste products. And it's basically our circulation. It's our transportation system within our body. If we upgrade our transportation system, the highways move really well. Our, you know, our blood vessels and heart are able to deliver nutrients and oxygen and energy throughout the entire body very efficiently and remove waste. If our cardiovascular system is untrained and our heart's not very strong, our blood vessels, they're not very strong either because our blood vessels basically dilate and contract. They help pump our blood. So we have just it's a bunch of muscles. We have our heart muscle and then our blood vessels. This is the most important muscles in our body, essentially, because heart disease is the number one cause of death. And this is how we deliver nutrients and remove waste to every cell and tissue throughout our body. Our transportation system, our circulatory system, our cardiovascular system is one of the most important aspects of our health. And this is what's trained when we do, you know, quote unquote, cardio. So this is why cardiovascular exercise is important is because it trains our cardiovascular system. So when we engage in exercise that forces our heart and blood vessels to pump continuously over and over again for an extended period of time, it trains our heart and blood vessels to pump more effectively. And that's basically why cardiovascular exercise is really, really helpful. And when we do that, as I mentioned earlier, you deliver nutrients to the tissues and cells throughout the body more effectively. You deliver oxygen throughout the tissues and cells throughout the body more effectively. The other side of cardiovascular exercise, the other adaptation that occurs is because cardiovascular exercise, say you're going on a run, or you're going for a swim, you're going for a bike, whatever the case may be, um, you're increasing energy expenditure consistently for a long period of time. That also leads to adaptations in our metabolism that improve our body's ability to utilize energy effectively. So it trains our cardiovascular system. It also trains our metabolic systems as well. And that's why cardiovascular exercise is important. Not because it helps with weight loss, not because it burns calories, but because it's making your body better in a variety of different ways. The other adaptation that we get from exercise that has a massive positive benefit on our overall health is increased strength. And I know when I say this, a lot of women particularly are thinking, I don't want to be really strong. Really strong doesn't mean you have a whole bunch of muscle mass. Building a whole bunch of muscle mass is a really, really, really difficult thing to do. And so there's a lot of women who are hesitant to engage in regular resistance training and to build strength because they associate that with building a whole bunch of muscle and looking a certain way. This is not the case. This is like saying, I don't want to drive because I don't want to become a NASCAR driver. You are not going to become a really muscular bodybuilder just by lifting weights. I've been lifting weights for 18 years now. I do not look like a muscular bodybuilder. That requires eating a certain way. That requires living your lifestyle in a certain way. And oftentimes, the people that you see who you're not wanting to look like, those people are using performance-enhancing drugs as well because truly most people on social media in the fitness community are doing so. It's unfortunate. That's just the way that uh, things are. If you do it and you're in the fitness field and you're using your body to sell products, you're going to make more money. So it's very, very, very common for people to be using these types of performance-enhancing drugs. And it's very, very easy to get online and develop a complete misconception about what resistance training actually is for a 
general population. Most people are talking about this from a bodybuilding perspective and from a how do you build as much muscle as you possibly can perspective. And the reality is most of you who are listening to this and even those people later on in their life and in different phases of their life aren't going to be able to dedicate your life to building as much muscle as you can. And that's not a healthy thing to do anyway. And what is important is to build up some strength because when you build up some strength that requires putting your muscles under certain types of stress, it's also going to help build up your joints. It's also going to help strengthen your bones and it's just going to improve your well-being overall. It's going to improve your balance. If you're doing resistance training through full, full ranges of motion, it's going to improve your flexibility. It's also been shown to have positive effects on mental health and cognition. This is an underrated benefit of resistance training. So resistance training, especially when you first get started, um, it is developing connections between your brain and your muscles. So when you first start picking up weights, you're going to get a lot stronger very quickly. And this is largely due to basically teaching your brain to activate the muscles required to achieve that movement. So when you first start lifting, most people generally don't know how to activate those muscles to perform various movements. So let's say, for example, you're doing a, a curl. Most people don't know how to activate all of the muscles in the bicep in order to achieve that, all of the muscle fibers. So you have a whole bunch of little bitty muscle fibers, and all of those have to work together to uh, produce force and, and execute that movement. At first, most people don't know how to recruit those muscles and those muscle fibers, and it's due to having not developed those neuromuscular connections. And when you start doing resistance training, you develop those neuromuscular connections, and this brain-to-muscle connection that occurs, this neuromuscular training that occurs, is thought to be one of the underlying reasons why resistance training can improve cognition and reduce Alzheimer's disease risk and dementia as well. So resistance training is a very cognitive activity and a lot of people don't see it that way, but it is. It's a neuromuscular connection that is occurring and you are also training your brain in addition to training your muscles. So that is a benefit beyond the strength is you're also training your brain. Now you're also training your metabolism just like with aerobic exercise, but you're training a different branch of your metabolism. So we have what's called aerobic metabolism, and then we have anaerobic. And anaerobic is when we're doing short bursts of higher intensity exercise. This is going to be using anaerobic energy systems. And this is what resistance training is. So resistance training is going to be somewhat training this anaerobic energy system while the cardiovascular exercise is going to be training this aerobic energy system. And these use different enzymes and they break down different types of fuel sources. And we want to do a little bit of training on both. And so that's why incorporating resistance training and aerobic training is really important because they complement each other very well and they train different systems and lead to different adaptations, they both have a variety of different benefits. So when it comes to building an effective exercise routine, you want to make sure that you include some type of aerobic exercise 
in some type of resistance training. And what that looks like in practice is I would recommend including at least two days per week of aerobic exercise and at least two days per week of resistance exercise. And if you're doing it two days per week, ensure that you're doing a full body training session so that you're hitting all the major muscle groups. If you're doing it more than two days per week, you just want to hit all the major muscle groups of the body at least two times per week. And so that could be upper body, lower body, and then a full body day when it comes to resistance training. When it comes to aerobic training, two days per week, and there's two types of aerobic training that can be beneficial. So there is what's called steady state, some people call it, some people call it zone two. This is just a slower, less intense type of exercise that you maintain for a long period of time. So this is an exercise that you can probably, while you're doing it, so it's an intensity level that while you're doing it, you can still maintain a conversation. So let's say that you are jogging. Can you maintain a conversation? If you can't, then you're probably above this level of intensity and you're not going to be able to maintain it for long enough in order to gain these benefits from, from this lower, moderate intensity type of exercise. And this, a lot of people call this aerobic base building exercise. There's a lot of ways that people describe it, but this is designed to help to build up the aspects of our metabolism that specialize in oxidizing fatty acids and breaking down fat for fuel because that's what happens when you exercise at a low level of intensity for a long period of time. Now, this doesn't mean that this is you know better for fat loss. It's not the case at all. Again, we're not exercising for fat loss. We're exercising for adaptations. And the adaptation that can occur as a result of this type of exercise is the energy systems that are responsible for, for breaking down fat for fuel get trained to be more effective and to be more efficient. And the other type of aerobic exercise that I'd recommend also including is a higher intensity exercise. And ideally, a good way to approach it, the best way to approach it in my opinion, is a high intensity interval training where you're doing basically maximum level of exertion and then you're taking a break and you're doing that for five, eight, 10, 15 rounds, usually not over 10, but some people may go longer. So say you did one minute on a site on a bike as fast as you possibly could, then you took a minute and a half off, then you did that again and you did that uh, seven rounds. And that type of exercise trains a different aspect of our metabolism. This tr trains more of the anaerobic systems like resistance training does, but this is going to put a, put a greater level of stress on those anaerobic systems than resistance training does. Resistance training is better for you know putting stress on the muscles as opposed to putting stress on you know our anaerobic metabolism in the way that you know more high intensity interval exercise can do. So my recommendation, you know, do what is easiest and feels the best for you and makes the most sense for you and is the most easy to to get started with for you. But um, a combination of sometimes doing some high intensity exercise, sometimes doing some moderate intensity exercise. So if you did one of each um, once a week and you did at least 30 minutes of, you know, 30 minutes of the moderate intensity exercise once a week and then you did a, a high intensity interval training session uh, once, that would be a great routine, a great baseline. And then if you did anything more than that, that would be great. But if most of the benefits you would get from aerobic exercise would come from just a couple of days. Now, going three or four days and increasing that, you're going to get more benefits. Um, but 
most of the benefits come from going from zero to a little bit. And that's really important to understand because a lot of people think, oh, if I don't go five days a week, there's no point. Most of the benefits come from zero to two days per week. The two to five is only a slight increase in benefits. That zero to two is where where most of the benefits come from. Now, it's it's better to do more if you can, but just because you can only do two days per week doesn't mean that you shouldn't do any. If you can do two, that's that's great. That's amazing. And if you can do two and one's steady state type of cardio where you're doing long, you know, 30, 45 minutes of very low intensity exercise, and then the other is a high intensity urinal overtraining, you'll be in really good shape. You'll be in better shape than the vast majority of people. Now, let's talk about resistance training. So when it comes to resistance training, I mentioned two days per week, you want to basically work each muscle group at least two days per week. And so you want to get at least a couple of sets on each muscle group, at least, you know, on two separate days. So if you're doing two days per week, then you do full body each day. And when I say full body, you want to work all the major muscle groups. So what are the major muscle groups? I'm going to, I'm going to describe this out, but what I'm going to do is, so I did a and a on my Instagram and I realized that people struggle with this topic. And this is something that I do want to put some training together on. So um, if you go to dradrianchavez.com forward slash resistance training, all lowercase, no spaces, no dashes, dradrianchavez.com forward slash resistance training, all lowercase, no spaces, no dashes. Um, I You can sign up for an email list there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together some type of training, either a webinar, a mini course, um, you know, some type of ebook, but I really want to help put together more resources uh, for people who want to get started with resistance training because I have looked around and unfortunately I can't find a good place to refer people who just want to get started, who may not have access to a gym, who are you know maybe a little bit worried and intimidated by a traditional exercise routine and need like a, a, a slower place to get started. Uh, I'm going to put together a training there or some sort of resource that is going to be beneficial for those of you who would like to get started with resistance training. But when it comes to resistance training, um, we want to work all the major muscle groups in the body um, at least two days per week. And the major muscle groups, I'm going to go from top to bottom and just describe them really quickly. So at the top, we have our shoulders and our shoulders are responsible for like pushing things overhead. Then we have our chest on the front side. So that's just pushing forward is what our chest does. Then we have our back muscles, which is mainly for pulling either back or pulling down. So if you're pulling something from above you down or you're doing a pull up, you're pulling your body up, that's going to be your back muscles. Or if you're pulling something towards you, if you're hugging someone and pulling them close to you, that's going to be your back muscles pulling them to you. Now, if you're actually hugging and squeezing, that's going to be your chest muscles because you're pushing your arms together. Um, so the front of your body is your chest. The back of your upper torso is your back. Then you have your abs below that, which are responsible for all movements of the spine, essentially, the flexion, extension, twisting. Then you have your glutes, which is basically your butt. And that helps to extend. So when you like go from a bent over position to a standing up position, that is your glutes working. Then we have our quadriceps, which are on the front of our thighs. Then we have our hamstrings, which are on the back of our thighs. Then we have our calves, which are on the bottom of our legs, that on the back of the bottom of your leg. 
Then you have your biceps and your triceps, which are on your arms. So the biceps are on the front part of your arm. The triceps are on the back part of your arm. These are smaller muscle groups, calves, biceps, triceps, smaller muscle groups that don't necessarily need to be isolated, but the other major muscle groups, quads, hamstrings, glutes, abs, chest, back, these all should be incorporated into a normal exercise routine. And this, these can be done very simply because a lot of movements will target several muscle groups. So for example, a routine that would cover all of this is like an overhead press where you grab dumbbells or a barbell and you press it over your head. And then you have like a chest press where you're just laying down and you're pressing a barbell or dumbbells forward. Then you have a row where you're leaning over and you're pulling a dumbbell or barbell towards you. And that covers the upper body, the main upper body muscles. And then you can do some type of like crunch or plank and you don't even have to. Most people don't isolate abs. I don't necessarily recommend it if you're just getting started. And then for lower body, like if you did a squat, you would basically work quads, hamstrings, and glutes. And then just basically those movements cover all of the major muscle groups. And so it's a matter of understanding the major muscle groups and then understanding the strategy behind training them. And this is well beyond the scope of this podcast. I'd love to do a four-hour podcast talking about it, but it's just well beyond the scope of doing something like this in a podcast. I do cover this in my Nutrition Mastery Blueprint course, um, but I know a lot of people just need the resistance training aspect of it or just need the exercise aspect of it and really want to focus there. So that's why I said if you go to dradionchavez.com forward slash resistance training, put in your email, I'll put you on an email list and I will let you know I'm like, I've been thinking about this quite a bit as I'm going into recording this. I did a Q&A on my Instagram. This is something that I think a lot of people can really benefit from. And I, I this is something that I'm definitely going to be putting together over the next few weeks is either like a mini course or a webinar or some type of training that is going to be helpful for people who are trying to get started with resistance training. Because as you've heard me discuss in this episode, uh, I think it's extremely important, and I think that most people have, I think it's extremely important, and I think that many people are experiencing a lot of barriers. They can't get to the gym. They lack the knowledge. They don't want to hire a personal trainer. They can be solved pretty easily with just a little bit of knowledge, with just digging into understanding resistance training, understanding the strategy behind it. And I say this because uh, one of the reasons I say this is I run a course helping to certify personal trainers. And this is the most difficult personal training certification. It's the American College of Sports Medicine certification. And I've helped thousands of people pass that ACSM certified personal training certification. And it's not that much information. The personal trainer that you would go and hire, they, they learn that information in three months. And you can learn in less than that what you need to know. They learn the information on how to train clients in under three months in many cases. Like you can go with no background and get a certified personal trainer in under three months and learn all the information that you need to learn. So you can do that for yourself as well with the right information. And then you have the knowledge and skills to be able to create and modify an exercise routine that is in line with your goals that is that fits within your routine and your schedule and what you have access to 
Um, because that's the challenge is, you know, some people don't have access to the gym. Some people only have 30 minutes. Some people have to get it done with their kids around. Some people have very little space. And um, either you have to hire someone to personally help you out or you have to eventually develop the knowledge and skills to be able to do that on your own. And I want to be able to put together some type of training to help you be able to do that on your own. So go to dradrianchavez.com forward slash resistance training to get on that email list and I'll keep you updated on what it ends up being. I'm thinking just a mini course covering some of these important aspects of resistance training would be really helpful. So if you're interested in that, go to that website and check it out. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. Hope you all have a great day and we'll talk soon.